Welcome to episode 24 of the I Can Dig It podcast. I'm not smarter than the average bear, and joining me today is Bailey. So you're not Yogi? No, I'm just, so I'm, can I, be I am the average bear. Can I be Yogi Bear and can you be the smaller bear? Boo-boo? Yeah, boo-boo. Yeah, sure, man. You can be my boo-boo. Be like a lopsided relationship. I'll be like the muscle boob. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, boo boo, break that guy's fucking ankles. <laughs> you I'm, got it, Yogi. I'm Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> he snaps him over his knee. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And Christian. Hello. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be discussing uh, what we've been listening to, what we've been playing, and a little bit about Mortal Kombat since that's coming out in a week. No, literally like six days. Yeah, the, 20, so. the 23rd of April. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to talk about my experiences with Shudder and how it's my new favorite thing. And we're going to be, since it's the hot topic issue in Vigi Games right now, we're going to be talking about difficulty because Sekiro just came out and it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. <laughs> so, as per usual, Christian, what have you been listening to? Okay. Um, I'm going to start off with the lighter one. I've been listening to the album You Are Okay by The Main. It came out about two weeks ago and... The Main is a band that I haven't listened to at all until their last album, which was Lovely Little Lonely. And now I'm listening to this album. It's their seventh album. Oh, wow. How long and have they been around? Died since the early 2000s. Holy shit. They're kicking it. Dang. They are really good. This album is like a little bit of emo, a little bit of pop punk, a little bit of like cotton candy pop. Like it's just a little bit of everything with really big, grand, epic moments. The song uh, Heaven, We're Already Here sounds like a song that's going to be like almost like legendary in the emo community, like one that people are just going to remember for a while. It's really loud, really just like, I don't know, I feel like I should be raising into the sky when it plays. It's so good. <laughs> he says it's emo music? Yeah. That's... It's really good. It's like... Okay. It's emo pop punk. I like it a lot. Um... Slip the Noose is the first track. That one's really good. But I think my favorite song is called My Best Habit because the chorus is like, it's one of the longest choruses I've ever heard. And it's just catchy the whole time. Like it just smacks you, smacks you, smacks you. It's so good. Um, this album's really good. I would check it out. Next up, I've been listening to the album uh, Buckle Up. There is a hell. Believe me, I've seen it. There is a heaven. Let's keep it a secret. By Bring Me the Horizon. There's not more? That no, was it? Okay. That was it. <laughs> Dude, you just dropped my entire fucking sophomore year on my head. I never listened to that album, but it fucking followed me. <laughs> uh, this album, I listened... It was one of the first, like, big metalcore uh, type of albums that I listened to in high school. Mm -hmm. And I really liked it. But ever since Ammo by Bring, Bring Me the Horizon has come out, I've been going back through their catalog. And I came to this one. I was just in the mood for something heavy. This album's fucking good. Like, is that I didn't the one you played yesterday in the car? Yes. That's great. I'm a huge fan of that. So the album opens off or opens up with the song. One second. It opens up with the song Crucify Me. And it just starts off with like pianos, a little bit of orchestral like violins and stuff. And like just very nice. And it just hits smack down with a heavy guitar and some screaming. And like... This album just feels like another just like epic uh, metalcore album. It's really ambitious in what it's trying to do. There's a little bit of like pop punk in there, a little bit of well, a lot of death metal. There's a lot of the orchestral moments. Um, it's really good. The lyrics are still like Bring Me the Horizon lyrics. They're a little bit cheesy. My favorite part of the lyrics, though, is some of them can get really gruesome at times. Like he talks about like demons wrapping their fingers around his throat and stuff. 
And I just, I love that style of lyrics, what he does. It's so different from what I've heard. Um, so if you want a good, like, heavy album, check this one out. My favorite song is Don't Go. It's like Ollie Sykes screaming with violins in the background. That's like all it is throughout most of the song until the big chorus. And I've, I just love that contrast between the pretty violins and just his, like, guttural screaming. It's so good. Then um, Blacklist is good. It's really overproduced, like the vocals, and it's the only track on the album that does that, and I love it. It almost like just has EDM vibes with the vocals. I love it. Um, and then uh, Alligator Blood. Because that's the one I played for you in the car that you that were like, yes, yes, shit. yes. I, I love that. Love it's that, just fast as fuck, and I love it. I love heavy speed metal. Like, oh, that gets me. I like that one with the violins because it felt like I was about to throw down on a fucking samurai, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, that one's Don't Go. It's... Oh, fucking good. We need, like, a, we need a new genre of music, Samurai Screamo. Oh, hell I yeah, need it, dude. I would love it. Like, <laughs> Have you guys uh, seen that fucking Vine where it's a samurai waking up in modern day and he just says, what the fuck, in Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, I'll always resent Bring Me the Horizon, though, because one time my friend, I'd listened to one track of Bring Me the Horizon and he bought me a T-shirt for it for my birthday. I wore it to school in high school and girls started talking to me more. And I fucking hated that. So I kept it in my closet for like six years and gave it to my little sister. Dude, fuck Bring Me the Horizon. But you Girls hated the and... fact that they started talking to you? Yeah, because it's like I'm wearing this dumbass shirt for a band I've, wore, I've, I've listened to exactly one song for. But you could have gotten like more educated and had more to talk about. No. Okay, I'm just saying. I refuse. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not going to fucking ride the merits of a t-shirt into my next girlfriend, asshole. I don't I'm ride not, like that. I think you're making a lot of <laughs> assumptions right now. Using a lot of strong language. What have you been listening to, Ike? It's not. That's not how the format fucking goes. We talked to Bailey. Hey, Bailey, hey, just keep, keep it. Tell me, I can keep, take it. Keep me. it down, baby girl. No, <laughs> Jesus Damn. Christ. I no. read. I read the train that he wasn't happy about. I did that shit, <laughs> dude. When I had the black hair and the lip piercing in high school, <laughs> that's when I got all the ladies. I'm the dark being dead past serious. comes out. Holy shit! <laughs> My parents won't like him. <laughs> but really, I'll be soft and sensitive on the inside, like a croissant. Like a croissant. That's me, your boy. <laughs> Flaky on the outside, pastry on the inside. <laughs> Okay, no. <laughs> Why did you be the perfect croissant? I was buttery as fucking high school. <laughs> okay, on the I Can Dig It weekly, it's only five songs this time because we're kind of more on our regular schedule. It's not the 10, so we didn't have to like recover, make up lost time. So I only have the five on there right now, and it starts off with A Heavy Abacus by The Joy Formidable. That's just a fun kind of like alt-rock band with really strong female vocals. Huge fan of that. And then we have Broke by Sam Henshaw. He's like an R&B rapper type person. And his music's just really chill and nice and comfortable. Like that song talks about how he had lost his job and he's having trouble with his girlfriend, but he wants to try and be better for her and everything. And it has like these beautiful horns in the background. And he has this really nice kind of just committed tone to it. It's really awesome. It makes you smile. And then we have My Girls by Animal Collective. And they're like an electric kind of synth pop band. That is pretty popular. My Girls is their most popular song, and it's just a really fun song to listen to. And then we have Cancer in the Water, which is also in kind of a pop synth vibe as well. Very strong, kind of sc- almost screaming vocals on that one, but it keeps a very like nice, upbeat tone the whole time, which is interesting in the contrast between those two things. And then we have Patience by Tame Impala, which is a song I played for you, Isaiah, in the car, Ooh, with the that. really nice kind of piano intro and then mm-hmm. into more of like a psychedelic synth type thing. It's really nice. Okay, take it all take it all in. All right, it's pretty good. 
It's it's on Spotify. It's it is the weekly. It is the weekly. I'm starting to feel like you're not you're you're not picking any dumb names anymore. I'm a little bit disappointed. Oh, I'll get back to it. <laughs> Don't worry. Where's my baby? He'll find a song called now. Isaiah. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> where are we in middle school again? Fucking go get your your snake bites, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last songs rotated into the vault. These songs rotate into the vault next time we meet. And yeah. You can find all of this on Spotify for I Can Dig It Weekly and the I Can Dig It Vault. Look for the shovel icon. You'll see us. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening to some things, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really? Have you? With that tone? I have ears, too. <laughs> you sound like a kid who's trying to pull up his, like, PowerPoint presentation. You're like, it's not working. I need to stall for time. <laughs> <laughs> How was your guys's weekends? <laughs> I saw to? a dog. <laughs> okay, I listened to the uh, Nakamura Emmy album uh, Nippon Onowa Uta Volume Five. It's uh, I, I, I found these guys because I really, really like Megalobox and the ending th- song specifically. Fucking slaps. It's like this folksy rap song with these really fun female vocals. It's really lively. It's got a lot going on. And it's just a ton of fun to listen to. That one's called Kakate Kuyo. And I dug the shit out of that, so I wanted to dive deeper into their discography. And I found that I really like them. Uh, opening track, Don't. Um, it's not the best one, but it's still, it's, it sets the scene for the album. I think uh, Shimbun and Namiwa Mo... Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> uh, Matsusona, Matsusa is really, really fucking good. It's like a cute little love song that I wouldn't expect in the middle of this specific album because it's like it has so much energy up until this point and then it brings it right down into something very sweet. And I enjoyed that. Uh, I also really dug the the very poppy vibes of Motivation. Uh, it's a very interesting album. I, I think it works within a space really well. And it's that fun, poppy, kind of, like especially in Kakate Kuyo, kind of an intense place. Really, really good eight-track uh would you call that an EP or an album? I don't even know where the delineation starts. Whatever they want it to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh, hopping on to the fucking Flower Boy train that we've got around this podcast recently. Tyler, mm-hmm. the creator, Flower Boy. I've been listening to a ton of this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's slowly inching its way out to be probably my favorite rap album. Uh, Tyler, the creator, as everybody knows, is one of the best producers out there. His beats are so interesting. And his raps over them are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's able to produce these really unique, strange beats. And then uh, his unique, strange style of rap just works over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like Forward with uh, Rex Orange County. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, I love Rex Orange County in general. His albums are fucking great. Uh, a lot of them are really positive and uplifting. He loves his girlfriend, and I, I, I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that he loves her. It's so good. <laughs> And Forward is like this really interesting. It's like it just gives you a series of images that lead into each other, and a lot of them are very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of paints this picture of Tyler, the creator, and he's worried about uh, the state of black America, the state of mm-hmm. his own fame. It starts the motif of the album. And I, I started listening to it since I've been listening to it so much. started listening to the motifs and how interesting the car motif is, mm-hmm. where it's like, I love car. It, there's literally a lyric. I don't remember where it is. I think it's in Pothole, where he says, I don't even know if I like cars anymore. Like, honestly, I'm just buying them because I'm rich and alone. 
And it's oh, like, mm-hmm. Jesus, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about Forward, too, is how it subverts that whole kind of stereotype about rap where they do often discuss, like, I have all this money. I have these quote-unquote bitches, things like that. And he's has, like, that huge – I think his first verse is all about him talking about, like, how big his house is. And then he goes and they're like, I'm lonely as shit. No, it's and like I don't the... really see a lot of people. And I really need to find somebody right now. My favorite part is about the fans and what if they find, mm-hmm. like – what if they find AC and it's like, what if they find somebody other than me and they just abandon me and suddenly I lose literally everything I've built? Yep. And it's fucked. It's a really – I'd I'd say I call it deep, but that sounds fucking pretentious. A deep, reflective album on Tyler, the creator, as a person and as specifically a famous person now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really love November where uh, he's talking about like a time, a nebulous moment in the past. He doesn't know. It's not even a time that took place in November where he was loving the world, loving himself, feeling his fame, like kind of starting up. Now he's a famous person. It's like, well, take me back to November. I want to be back there. Mm-hmm. Where's that that person that I was? Boredom's beautiful. I love mm-hmm. Who That Boy. That's a fun with song. With ASAP Rock. Uh, that's that. I think that's the most intense album. It's got the most grungy production on the whole album. Uh, and See Almost. You Again is obviously the big highlight. Yes, that one. It's uh, yeah. gorgeous. It's really, really cute. I love the fucking hook. The mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's just in Tyler's voice. <laughs> fucking... Wonderful album. It's so good. Uh, yeah, listen to it. Mm-hmm. Excellent album. I like it. It's delicious. Hell yeah. Second and also good. listen to his album, uh, Bastard. I love that one too. I need to catch up on his back catalog. His shit's good. I need to, his shit with Odd Future is good too. I need to get it all together. And listen to Earl Sweatshirt's uh, solo shit. It's also stupid good. Uh, he was an Odd Future too, huh? Yep. It's a good group. Split up, become great people. Got some homework. Oh, yeah. You do, baby. Hey, Bailey. Hello. Let's talk about Sekiro real quick. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Before you do that, honorable mentions. Um, Enter the Gungeon just had oh, a, yeah. its last update, A Feral to Arms. Just quick touch on it. It was awesome. Added two new characters. Added a bunch of guns. Added a new floor. Uh, different, I guess, character or, I guess, enemy actions and whatnot. A new NPC, a new kind of run you can have. It's a nice little send-off. I'm really liking it. I saw this, like, they posted on Twitter, like, yeah, it's kind of sad to see it go. And there's, like, they're all, like, the main characters are all in this ship, and all the enemies are, like, seeing them off and waving goodbye. And it's like, oh. It's super sweet. It's so cute. Like, Mm -hmm. Enter the Gungeon was an experience. I'm very excited to see what this studio does next. Mm -hmm. I think they're called Dodge Roll. Yeah, they're going to do great. And also, uh, Borderlands 3 was announced, so in nostalgia hype, I bought Borderlands 2, and I've been playing that as well. (laughs) How's that one going? Honestly, I've been very curious to hear what you say about, like, Borderlands. Um, you said you've got it's, the pre-sequel and two. I got the pre-sequel and two. There was a deal on PlayStation uh, Network where they were $15 for each of them with all the expansions and everything added <laughs> on. So bad. I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll do that. <laughs> and it's been really good. I played through all the way through the pre-sequel. That one is kind of feels like a dunce to me. I don't really like it that much. The things it adds in, instead of like making the game more interesting, slow down the combat, and that's frustrating. And they take away a lot of enemy types and replace them for more boring ones that are more frustrating to deal with. Not a huge fan of that either, mm-hmm. but um, it's okay altogether. And I got back into Borderlands Two. I'm about like halfway through that, and I still think that game's awesome. I think that, that game's so much fun. I love it for sure, mm-hmm. cool. except for the dialogue. Just, just don't listen. Yeah, just I don't think Anthony Birch is involved with Borderlands Three. So yeah, no, should I'm, be good. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I think Claptrap Trap is canonically dead, so we don't have to worry about. I him hope either. that he is dead. I hate hearing that character talk. Is Tiny Tina still alive? She is, but. 
Borderlands 2 left her on a different note than what she started on in that oh, game. Oh, yeah, with the uh, Dungeons & Dragons deal. Yeah, so. and that puts her in a much more somber note and kind of area. So hopefully okay. that gets more expanded on as her being a character. The yeah. only character I really love from Borderlands 2 is, like, the big lady that fixes your car. Oh, shit. Ellie. Ellie's a lot of fun. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's great. She's a big trucker lady. Her introduction is her putting bandits in, like, a crash compactor, and they're talking shit, and she's like, I can't hear you, and then they crush, and she goes, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like, awesome. <Yeah>. Nice. Borderlands <laughs> is dumb as shit. I kind of want to see it put in a direction where it, it isn't Anthony Burch. Yeah. I just I just don't want any more pop culture references. Please shut the fuck up. Give me a yeah. well-written game. Like, oh, like Because, God. like, if you look at everything surrounding the writing of that game, it's good. Like, the characters are very mm. distinct. They have very distinct personalities. They have goals. They have arcs. Um, and it's a lot. It's a fun world. Like, Pandora is an interesting place to be. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, every five seconds when I'm hearing about the fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Claptrap is refusing to shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. they just need to moderate the comedy of that game, pull it back, I think, uh, balance the tone, and it'd be a really good series. Yeah. Like, if I had a PC, I would highly like search for a mod that just got rid of Claptrap as a, as a character just in that game because he's just so annoying. If you and take like, out the first uh, third of Borderlands 2, it's a great game. Yeah, because the majority of that's just Claptrap fucking with you. That's just the first area. After that, it's fine, but uh, it's okay. I've never really played Borderlands, so mm-hmm. cool. I played a shitload of the first one. I played a lot of the second one. Uh, the, the second one has like my favorite first-person shooter character ever, the te- Mechromancer. Oh, yeah, Gage. She's great. She's very cool. Mm-hmm. So okay. Summons up a. You could customize and summon up a fucking robot, and you have yeah. a metal arm. It's great. Christian, before we start talking about Sekiro, what have you been playing? Sekiro. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Fair. You're right. But let's, let's swing back to me, man. Yeah, I think Christian's face is like, just the one. You idiot. You fool. Just Sekiro. It's oh kicking my, my ass. <laughs> so, I'm going to mention a couple things. I bought EDF 4.1, Earth Defense Force. Uh, I played a lot of EDF back in high school, and I was like, I, I watched a Stop Skeletons from Fighting video, and he started talking about the new Earth Defense Force game. And he was like, what's going on with 4.1? He talked really highly about it. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's dumb as shit. It's you in a fucking power armor suit blasting away at big, big bugs with big, big weapons, and that's my shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love the uh, wing divers, which are people that can actually like fly up in the air. And every, it's like that dopamine kick of getting some new dumb shit that you love to experiment with every single game. Like you're going to get new weapons and they're going to do new things. You're going to find new loadouts that you love. And you're going to shoot big, big bugs and the Havoc's physics engine is going to throw them across the map at Mach 1. It's great. Mm -hmm. For no reason. Oh, it's so dumb. Mm -hmm. And then there's also shooting big fucking robots and they explode real good. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Other than that, I've been playing Moonlighter. It's a little indie game about run, like it's basically, um... Resetier, if you guys remember that PC game, mm-hmm. where it's a uh, top-down RPG beat-em-up sort of thing. One half of the time, and the other half of the time, it's an item shop game. Oh, cool. Okay. And so I've been really digging that. I love little simulationist games. You're, like, building up the town and buying upgrades for things and upgrading your character. And the pixel art is absolutely gorgeous. The enemy designs and design work in general is great. Uh, the OST is fucking amazing, and I love it. And if I didn't mention it last time, Katamari re-roll, buy it. It's Katamari. Uh, <laughs> Sekiro, Sado's Die Twice is the new From Software game. Yes, it is. Released in, what was it, April? No, it was March, March 22nd or 25th. March 22nd, 2019. Highly anticipated. It was announced, I think, in E3 2018. Yes, I do believe so. 
it big was mysterious a, thing. Yeah, it was a teaser where everybody thought it was Bloodborne 2. Yeah, yeah, we got to see the um, the Shinobi arm. Yeah. And everybody was like, that looks like Bloodborne. And I was like, that looks like Bloodborne. And I mm-hmm. sent it to you guys, and you guys were like, that looks like Bloodborne. And it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing like Bloodborne. That's the whole story. <laughs> everybody <laughs> was really confused. Everybody was looking at the gameplay footage, and they're like, what the fuck is this? It's like he's got a sword, and it looks like he only has a sword, but he also has this axe, and mm. like, that's pretty cool. And so we finally got our hands on the game. All of us bought it within about a week of each other, and we've all been playing it pretty extensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys more so than I, because they're already Souls fans. <laughs> they kind of they know the ropes, and I don't. Mm-hmm. As veteran Souls player Bailey, what have you thought of Sekiro? Um. Uh. In general, um, as a game itself, standalone, it's a really good game. I'd mm-hmm. say it's like an 8 or 9 out of 10. I'd say it's just extremely good. I, the learning curve is very hard, especially if you have already played Souls games previously because the game just plays differently than what you expect mm-hmm. from the from software people, and that is like the main thing I've heard people just like jump on. Is that, like, it's, it's a huge departure. From from how you usually play and your natural reactions end up killing you a lot. So let's talk about the combat system really quickly because it is so different. Yeah, mm-hmm. like so. like Bloodborne was a big departure from Dark Souls, and that's why I like Bloodborne so much. Mm-hmm. And then this game's like an even farther departure from like the both of them. Yeah, it's real good. So in Sekiro, you have your katana and you have a uh, shinobi arm. And what the shinobi arm does is basically your utility arm. It's your side weapon. Uh, you can equip three at a time, mm-hmm. cycle between them, and there's, like, throwing weapons, fire, firecrackers, axes. They all do different things mm-hmm. to different enemies. And what your main your, your main thing is you have two resources, health and posture. Mm-hmm. And enemies have that, too. You can kill an enemy by reducing their health or their posture. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So posture is a system where by parrying or attacking the enemies... Uh, parrying properly, you have to see the sparks. You can't just block them. Yeah. Um, you heavily reduce their posture or by hitting them. And if you get them to max posture reduction, you get a death, blow. a death, a death blow. blow. Mm-hmm. And some enemies have multiple death blows. Some enemies only get one. Poor them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's basically about managing yours, managing theirs, uh, using the numerous fucking avoidance skills and shinobi arms and all the different moves you get through leveling because it does have that soul system where you do get souls after killing an enemy and they are reduced by half but you do Mm -hmm. keep like levels yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's like there's some of those like standard from soft uh like leveling up and everything but it's very reduced and simplified in this game i feel like like you're not buying You're not buying like, ooh, I need my health to go up by one point. Instead, mm-hmm. it's like, ooh, I'm going to use these XP points to buy a new move. Or like, cool, yeah. now I can hold more of this certain mm-hmm. item, let's say. Yeah, Which I vastly mm-hmm. prefer. I definitely prefer it, too. Like, I, <laughs> as, as a person looking from the outside in on Souls games, I don't want to have like, you need three fucking chunks of Asperillo, two chunks of iron. You need to have at least 28 strength. And five HP investment to get this sword. Yeah. And then you can only use this sword if these requirements are met and you're wearing this armor or whatever the fuck. And Sekiro, if you beat a boss, you get your you sword hit harder. 
Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if uh, you, you collect a gourd, you get more drinks. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I was first trying to get into Bloodborne, I know I, I took like a crash course with Bailey. Like, okay, what should I level up first? I want to do this type of run. What should I do? Because it's just like that learning curve just like hits you right at the start. Like you don't even get a chance mm-hmm. to go in the game. Mm. But this one is a lot more approachable and I like it a lot. And I I actually like the fact that there is only one weapon. Mm-hmm. I can see how it might limit replayability because I replayed Bloodborne like three or four times just because I wanted to try different weapons. Mm-hmm. But it just makes the game more simple and I like it because it just... I, I'm good at the fundamentals. I don't find a weapon that like cheeses people. If yeah. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that the idea of this game having no classes like you're just the shinobi class the whole time is something that is a welcome kind of investment in like these future games and everything it allows them to focus more instead of like oh i need to balance all these different classes and these different weapons to just like we can get straight to like the gameplay and the player experience and everything so i think that shows really well in the game but besides that um the replayability issue kind of bugs me a little bit because I have I've gone through the game two extra times after beating it the first time and like you can just blow you just blow through it, yeah. Blow through that game after you understand what's going on and where the map layout is and like your environment and how it works, the game becomes exponentially easier at that point. And so I guess that replayability kind of bugs me a little bit because I've come to expect that from the from software games like being able to go on and do something completely different and have a completely different uh, vibe in a run. But even without that, the the first run I had through Sekiro, and even the second one, even though I did go through it quicker, were still extremely enjoyable, and I had a great time. I think the, f- I mean, I'm still on my first run, but like playing through Sekiro has been some of the most fun I've had in a video game period, and probably the most fun I've had like in any FromSoft game. Mm-hmm. Like just me getting all giddy, like, ooh yeah, fuck you, I'm gonna get you. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good, <clears throat> and like my blood pressure is so high when I play this game. (laughs) Like, I play it for, like, two hours, and I'm like, okay, I need a 20-minute break because I feel like I'm going to explode right now. And Mm -hmm. it's, like, not even me being frustrated. It's just me, like, the stress. Me being so high-strung. Yeah. But, But, like, that's what I love about it is just, like, it's such an adrenaline rush in a way. What Mm -hmm. I fucking love is that you see it starting in, especially Bloodborne, is their focus on crowds. And I don't think that worked as well in Bloodborne just because Souls combat is kind of clunky. You have very limited movement options. In Sekiro, you can actually manage a crowd now. Yeah. Like, you have different options. With your Shinobi arts, you can, like, put down, like, an AoE sort of thing, target one person. You can run away now, which is really convenient. There's stealth options, so you can thin out the crowd before you go for maybe a mini boss. Mm Mm-hmm. And the stealth options are actually really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> they're I had, really good. I had no idea how important stealth was going to be in this game before I bought it. I had, I didn't know that like half the combat is going to be you, like you said, whittling down a crowd mm-hmm. to kind of pick and choose how you want to get through the next combat experience you have. Like I had no idea that was going to be as important as it was. And the stealth and the movement really hardly feels clunky to me. No, like it makes sense, and I never feel like. I'm going to jump off this and we'll see if it works. Like, I know I'm going to be able to grab on that ledge. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be able to use my grappling hook and climb on that uh, house, let's say. Yeah, it's incredibly consistent. Isaiah was in my room yesterday and I knew there was an enemy that was like 
three layers of ground below me. And I pointed them out. I'm like, Isaiah, do you see that guy? Mm -hmm. And I just jumped off the ledge from like the highest point and I just landed right on him and it worked. Like it's fine. Yeah. Like it's incredibly consistent. And I appreciate that. The polish in the game is amazing. The only thing I do wish, uh, speaking of polish, the game, let's be 100% real, the setting, uh, being in Japan, vague, fucking warring states, period, Mm -hmm. um, is absolutely phenomenal. It is gorgeous. Gorgeous is what I was going. It's fucking one of the most beautiful games I've seen. (laughs) Not even technically. It's not like these textures are amazing, even though the texture work is very good. Mm -hmm. It's just the aesthetic and how they present the game is fucking gorgeous. The colors pop. Mm. Like with the like cherry blossom trees and stuff. It's just like, oh. It has, it's probably the most colorful Souls-like game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. My only problem with it is performance. It it is like 60 frames per second, it looks like. I don't know if it's running 60 or 30, but Mm -hmm. fucking, you could just be walking around the environment. And these environments, to its credit, are large. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when I walk into an environment and it starts chugging, and I'm just doing parkour shit on top of a roof... That pisses me off. That's frustrating. I've, mm-hmm. I haven't had a performance issue except for right before um, you fight Owl. Like when I was getting up to him, it mm-hmm. chugged. Fucking like spoilers, dog. Day, it's fine. It's it, okay. It like it chugged right before I jumped into the room. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't in any danger. That's the only performance issue mm-hmm. I've had. Yeah, and I think it's attributed to the fact because while I was doing the other runs in the game are just running past enemies. I think it's the amount of active enemies that they have to kind of load into the game. So the more enemies that are in the area or that are running around and chasing you is when your game chugs like a lot. And I was experiencing a lot of chugging on my playthrough and I was making sure to like execute everyone. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's weird. I wonder. Yeah. I haven't updated my game since I got it because I just leave it on all the time. So I'm surprised yours is... (laughs) So maybe there's an update that fixes the performance issues. Yeah. FromSoft is kind of infamous for having performance issues yeah, in the game. That's, <laughs> that's like Bloodborne, if things get wild in Bloodborne, the frame rate yeah. goes to like a five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Souls is super infamous for that shit. Yeah, there's an area in Dark Souls called Blight Town that's infamous because oh, whenever off. you step into it, the whole area loads and your game drops to like in 20 frames a second. And Blight it's like Town it's not hard. It's just worst. it's hard to move. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and especially in the fucking, like, trudging through the swamp, and it's already slow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, please, <laughs> God, just kill me. I guess that is a problem they consistently have. <laughs> but yeah. but overall, that... overall, I love Sekiro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and say if it's my favorite from soft game because it's, it's so fine. different than the rest. <laughs> yeah. Like, Bloodborne is the first one I got into, and I love the aesthetic of Bloodborne. So it, mm-hmm. like, holds a special place for me. But it's just so different. I have no complaints except, like, some of the areas where you fight a boss, it's not like the area is too small, but if you get backed into a corner of the wall, the camera is horrible at making yeah. sure you can see your character and the enemy. Like, at mm-hmm. that point, you're just holding the block button or, like, tapping it a bunch, hoping you block something until you can yeah. get out of that wall because you can't see anything. Or if there's, mm-hmm. like, a tree dangling in a boss area, the tree will, like, you will see the tree instead of the person, like the little branch, and that's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, that That's my only issue with the game. And that's a problem that, that's another consistent problem that FromSoft has. And a lot of their boss areas, their bosses are aggressive as shit. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, like, they just push you to the corner, and, like, once you're in a corner, the camera does not handle that well in any of their games. No. So that's something that I hope as they continue to make games, they just figure out, like, just put every boss in a field, please, so yeah. I don't have to deal with that. Like, because if you then, die from that, that's not... 
it just feels that that's when it feels like that hey that's bullshit somebody somebody owes me money now yeah like even then i remember you were fighting the last boss and the camera got like hung up on a rock or some shit and he like snuck around it and he almost murderized you with his fucking spear and it's like okay game come on that was cool though it's like he snuck up on me oh (laughs) you got got sekiro dude i am no longer the shinobi but this game is a solid like nine out of ten for mm-hmm. me, like at least. Yeah, it's like Devil May Cry Five is my favorite game of the year so far because mm-hmm. it's Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it wasn't Devil May Cry, it Sekiro would be top right now. Yeah, fuck this game. It's hard as shit. I don't like any of it. Nine out of ten. But like <laughs> once you once you understand the game, which like sounds really shitty to say, but like once you understand the game and how it wants you to play it. It's so fun. But no. when you don't understand, no. hey, you let him talk no, his piece. No, hold, hold your when you're when face. you're dodging around like I was at first, I was dying so much and I was like, fuck this game, I don't get it. And then Bailey was like, just get in their face and block. Don't heal at all, just block. And I did it and I won and I was having the time of my life. Mm-hmm. So. What I was going to say is I think every game should have a period of you not knowing what the fuck to do because it's yeah. its own experience. Like that makes games exciting to me, like figuring mm-hmm. out I remember I was playing uh, Moonlighter and I was getting my shit pushed in because I didn't know how like dodge rolling and the distance I was doing and the speed and everything and like like learning that is the most rewarding part. So it's fucking Sekiro is really hard. Sekiro is real real hard. Mm-hmm. I've died dozens and dozens of times and I've put the game down a lot. There have been times where I just fucking just throw the controller down. I'm like I'm done. I'm gonna play Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that's a flaw? No. No. Now we're talking about... We're going to be talking about difficulty in video games now. Why do you sound tired? Because I've every time I fucking... I'm connected to the fucking video games industry. Like, I'm hearing the news. I'm watching journalists. And every fucking time a Souls game comes out, this debate comes up mm-hmm. as to whether or not hard games should include an easy mode so that everybody can beat them and everybody can have a good time. It's very frustrating because <laughs> it's like the same song and dance. It's like how a Marvel movie comes out every four months. We got to have this fucking discussion every four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, maybe there's a reason for it. So let's state our claims up front. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Sekiro should necessarily have an easy mode. I feel like, FromSoft always has made their games with one difficulty in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would take too much dev time, specifically in Sekiro, and games like it that are very much difficulty-focused, like the Devil mm-hmm. May Cry series, uh, to be including, even though Devil May Cry does have human mode, um, especially in these FromSoft games that are designed around difficulty, and I think it would take too much dev time, too many resources, and it's not the point of the game to have an easy mode. Mm-hmm. And if you do understand the mechanics of the game, you will find the easy mode. It's an easy mode that you craft for yourself. You just have to put in the work to understand the game. Mm-hmm. So that's my position on the matter. I, I agree with you, but to the extent that if there were to be a change to easy mode, we talked about this before, the only implementation that I could see that would be feasible and still respect the game and the intelligence of the player would be a color coordination to special attacks. Like, have it be a blue mark when a sweep attack is coming. Have it be a red mark when it's a thrust. Have it be green when it's a grapple or anything that's out of the ordinary. Really quickly, I forgot to mention this. Um, 
along with the combat system, there's secondary things. Mm. You get this uh, counter for thrusts where you kind of like you put the weapon down, you slam it to the ground, and it's the coolest fucking thing. It's the Makiri yeah. counter. Um, if they're going to do a sweep, you have to jump over it, and you kick them in the head, and you can do some aerial moves. And then grabs, you just have to roll out of the way and avoid. Yeah, and same with a special, like, magical AoE attacks. You just have to avoid those outright. And that is the... I agree with you with everything you said, and that would be the only implement, implementation that I I think that would just be implemented in the regular mode. Fuck it. Yeah. That's, like, sometimes with the cam- how the camera works in that game, and it's shitty, I can't tell a thrust from a fucking, yeah. like, the wind-up for a sweep. Mm-hmm. It'd just be good to have that color-coordinated. That's a flaw in the game, yeah. I think. I, I, pre- I would appreciate that heavily, because there are a lot of moves that I, I feel like at this point in the game, I, I see same I see something coming, and it still comes out, and it looks janky. And it was, I thought it was a sweep, and it comes out as a thrust. And, like, and you know if you've had to deal with that if you do one thing and you're expecting something to happen and another one comes out you get hit by that other shit like that happens but it is so rewarding when you do figure out what they're doing and yeah you're like i know that's a thrust like when mm-hmm. you try and fight that boss for the fifth time and you're like now i get it and you yeah. don't get hit once by mm-hmm. those special attacks and you're like i'm the man yeah and i agree with that and that's extremely rewarding but in terms of just making it an easier experience that's all i would say is what should be on the table like that's all. That, that That is, I think, working through jank, because if you were in, like, a 2D game and we were trying to communicate this, you would have to heavily, like, use the animation and the medium to show that this is a thrust. You could get away with that in a 2D game if you have a talented staff, like From Software or whatever, because you'd have to, you'd have to be using the medium so well. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd have to communicate that. In 3D, uh, it's not so simple because you can move the camera around. And I'm not getting all of the visual data that you need me to, especially in tight quarters, Mm -hmm. like in some boss fights. So if I just see them moving in a specific way, I don't know how the fuck to counter them Mm -hmm. because they're just doing a thing now. They're dancing a jig Mm -hmm. and it looks dumb. And then to also counter that, though, FromSoft would say, play it more. And they would just say, "Look at look at them while they're doing it more. Look at them from another angle. Look at them from that angle. You got hit with it a couple times. You hit. Hey. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me seven times. <laughs> Which is fair, but I don't want to have to work. Like, the game should be able to play its, like, like with the game itself, communicate. I shouldn't have to, like, work through jank. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't have to work through, like, a shitty physics system in, like, Yakuza 6 just because it's the shitty physics system. Like, mm-hmm. if it's an objective flaw in the game, the game's not communicating something to me properly... I think that's a flaw in the game. I personally don't see what you're talking about right now yeah. with Sekiro as a flaw. Like, I, I just don't. And I don't think you're going to be able to convince me because I, I straight up, every time I fight a boss, I can tell what they're doing. It's just mm-hmm. me not being able to do what I need to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's also, you enjoy. we need to define what you mean by jank. What do you okay. mean by jank? Jank is like, I, I feel like I we're having a different oversight. conversation now. Yeah, what we wanted to have. So difficult, I think it's okay. Difficulty is what we're on the main thing. But it, when you say jank, I imagine jank to be something that is a glitch and that will ruin the game for me. My Same. definition of a yeah. jank is, okay, so in Earth Defense Force, we're running on the Havoc physics system, correct? Okay. So there is a way for me to get knocked down and then air juggled by shit. Yes. And, and that's, that's the way that, that thing dumb works. Dumb and not good. But that <laughs> jank is just a thing that you don't, like no, how it works it's in the game. thing that isn't working properly. It's okay. like, mm, 
But the physics system forces you onto the ground and you can't get up because you're just getting pulverized. It's not like the player gets knocked down and they're allowed to get back up. They're just getting hit and then, like, because there's no iframes and the enemy is just pounding you because of their AI, you keep getting knocked down and then you just die. Like, there's no opportunity for the player to work around that. But the physics system, as you've explained it, is still operating how it should. No, I'm saying that like if you were to add iframes, that would be it. But the but the physics system is still working. If a the developer were if, is working, it's not a glitch. It's jank. Yeah, jank is different than glitches. It's development oversight. We have glitches. different definitions. That's where this is coming from. Okay. Okay. So yeah. developmental oversight, I would say, in Sekiro is the readability of an animation. Not every animation is readable enough to be like, ah, oh, that's a sweep coming. I can react to that. I would say it is, but the camera can hinder that in certain instances. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So okay. with that, with a different prompt, with like colored prompt, it's like, oh, now I know 100% and I just have to react to that. I mm-hmm. don't have to fucking work around a bad camera to play the game. Touche. Okay. Touché. So that is my definition of jank. It is developer oversight that leads to something that is unfair. Mm-hmm. So it was a choice that they made and they believe strongly in, but in your personal opinion and definition of how you feel about it does not vibe with you in the same way that it vibes with I don't know if they believe strongly in having a bad camera. <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard Miyazaki talk about his video games before? <laughs> that fucker knows what he wants. <laughs> like, if he, if you get hit by some shit, he's like, I made it that way. <laughs> you meant to get, you are supposed to get hit by that shit. I don't at, know at about least, that. At least one time. What I'm saying is that, like, ha- letting the player have the information that they need is important. Yes. Especially in something like Dark Souls where it is, like, all about the player needs to know, the player needs to pay attention. And with a flawed camera, the player can't know and the player can't pay attention. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's just min-maxing your, how you want to deal with that. Like, let's say if the camera does not work 10% of the time, I'm cool with a 90%. That's an A. And I'm not saying that, like... I'm not willing to learn. Yeah. I'm just saying that this is a frustrating thing, and it's like the developer knew what they wanted. They just didn't execute it right. Mm-hmm. Like, they needed to make the animations more obvious, mm-hmm. or they needed to change how the like the kanji looks. Yeah, and to that as well, we're getting really off topic. We need to go back. <laughs> so, um, diff- Christian, what is your opinion oh. on, your, on difficulty? Um, I see what you guys are saying, mm-hmm. but I disagree. Okay. With a lot of what you guys said. Fuck you. Hey, man. <laughs> and watch uh, that language. I don't... A, I don't think an easy mode would be too hard on the development of this game. I have a couple ideas. Okay. Uh, B, I don't think it's bad to have an easy mode in a game. And I think it's fine if you do have an easy mode in the game to do kind of like what oh. Halo would do or what Devil May Cry would do. Mm-hmm. And be like, easy mode if you're not used to these games or something or if you you need it. Mm-hmm. And then this is the mode that we intend the game to be played on. Like a clear way for players to know, I'm going to get the classic from soft experience. Mm-hmm. Because games like Sekiro, I personally don't have a problem with the difficulty. I personally wouldn't want to play on the easy mode. Yeah. But I don't think it's fair that someone like my brother or someone with a disability can't play this game because their physical abilities can't let them play this game. Okay. So if someone is having a really tough time tapping that L1 button a bunch because to deflect, there should maybe be a prompt where it's like, okay, maybe you just hold it and you deflect automatically. That's a way to make the game a little easier. Mm -hmm. So blocking is essentially deflecting in this mode. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you 
the enemies are just a little easier. They have a little less health or it's easier to take down their posture bar. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's not how the developers want the game to be played. And sure, maybe they don't care that everyone can play this game. That's an argument. That's fine. Like, if you don't want to implement an easy mode into this game, it's cool by me. Yeah. I don't need it. But I also understand the argument that, like, there's a lot of people who, like, physically can't play games like this. Mm -hmm. Like, they just can't. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Would your brother have the same problem with like Devil May Cry as well? He would just play on one of the easier modes. On the easier modes? Okay. Yeah. And and those and that, are... that like works out and it's fine. The game yeah. is like still manageable at that yeah. point. Yeah. And him. that's okay. literally just because the enemies are all like easier. They're not as aggressive, let's say. Okay. And that would help him out a lot. Like, I I definitely just understand the side of, like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who can't play this game and would want to experience this game. Because why the fuck wouldn't you? It's Why would you not want to experience this game? Yeah. But if someone can't play it because it is too hard, it is too frustrating, or they have something, some reason why they can't play it, then I think there should be an easy Mm -hmm. mode. I think you're talking about more of accessibility than you are talking about But I think easy modes in games are accessibility. Well, like, mm. you can play Sekiro, you can make Sekiro more accessible just by, like, utilizing the mechanics, but I can definitely see where you're coming from with the blocking system. Yeah. Like, do you remember that article? There's an IGN article right now. I th- it's IGN or Polygon or something where mm-hmm. it's like, I cheesed my way through Sekiro and I don't feel bad about it. Yeah. And it's just using the options that the games give you, but in a way to where it just makes the game easier. It's like a run in Dark Souls where it's like fucking sword and board hp and attack fucking go through the game get the equipment that you need and fucking plow through the game yeah Mm -hmm. but you can use the but you should be able to play the game how it's intended to play you shouldn't have to cheese the game well if those items are in the game is that not the developer's intent Um, but i'm talking about if people want to be able to play the game how it's meant to be played and cheesing the game even though those are in the game, I feel like is not necessarily the intended way to play. It Too can shy. be. But if I'm, an, if I'm a person who wants to play the game how your average person would play, but I can't play the game how your average person would play, mm-hmm. and an easy mode would allow me to be able to, the easy mode should be in there. Mm-hmm. And that's just, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Okay. And I don't, I don't, I honestly don't understand the argument of like, I don't want an easy mode in this game because it's going to ruin the game. Because if there's going to be a difficulty in the game that's like, this is how we intend it to be played, then fucking pick that difficulty. Like, that's one extra click for you. I don't understand that argument. Yeah. I think what we're talking about is the difference between good easy modes and bad easy modes. Because a good easy mode is a game that, like, I think it would simplify the AI more. And it would kind of just make it a simpler experience. Like, bad easy modes and hard modes are games that just kind of make the, the difference between, like, a balanced experience and a bullet sponge. Yeah, they're just multipliers. And, and bad difficulty changes, and that's when the game be, becomes less of an experience, more just like a trudge through something. And now I flip my trap card. Now I can bitch about Anthem. <laughs> no. No, really quickly. No, 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 no. I don't want to. I know. You're done. You're done. You're done. No, you're done. Really you're done, or I'm tickling your feet. Very quickly, I'm tickling your feet. I'm going nope. to say, bippity bippity boppity, you're done. <sighs> the only thing that changes uh, Mary in the Sloppins difficulty Poppins. modes of Anthem is that an enemy is a bullet sponge or an enemy isn't a bullet sponge. I already know the game's bad. That I just happens, wanted to get my That happens in. with fun. a lot of games. Okay, but the issue of accessibility, I feel, is something that games 
and developers in general need to come together and figure out. That is something that needs to be like a group effing effort because that's a huge thing to make sure that every person with every experience and every like walk of life can enjoy this one thing. Um, but what I agree with your argument on that, but what I don't agree with is the articles uh, that exist or may exist. I may or may not have seen it. I haven't seen any specifically about it, but if they do exist, I hate the argument of this game should be more accessible and this it should be this one developer's responsibility to take like that on their own. I feel like accessibility needs to be something that video games as a whole like medium need to explore and make more available for more people. But putting that responsibility on the developer when they're on time constraints, when they're trying to make something that is their own vision, I can understand why that would be frustrating for them. And to say on top of that, change your vision and modify it to where everybody can play it and add on to this and we're going to pay you more money and add on to this experience. I can understand that would be an extra trudge. I would say that accessibility needs to be something that is a team effort and tackled not just by a single developer. I would agree with that. Yeah. But I also don't think you're going to get the industry to come together and m- pledge this thing to make all games more accessible. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think we're it starting has to get there. We're I think close. it has to be more of I, and I would love it to be that way, but yeah. I think for a while at least it's going to be more of like a these developers, like these companies, not this single developer, mm-hmm. makes a pledge to make games more accessible for people, and that's just a company-wide goal. Yeah. Like Nintendo is really great with this. You yeah. play Mario Odyssey, and they have the two-player mode where mm-hmm. someone plays mm-hmm. as the hat. Yep. And that's been amazing for so many people I've heard from. Where like They're like, my kid could not play this game. But they were flinging around as the hat and they were having a great time. Yeah. Or you've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe where you can put on this little accessibility feature that doesn't taunt you for playing on the easy mode. And I hate when games taunt you for playing on the easy mode. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it helps you steer a little bit. Or you don't have to hold the A button to go. You just automatically go, which could be really good for people with like Mm -hmm. difficulty like with their hands, stressing their hands or something. I also want to point out Rabby in uh, New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And I think we're starting to get there. And here's where I flip my second trap card, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. You didn't think anybody would bring up Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Are you talking about the assist mode? Assist mode. I thought it was dead. <laughs> well, it's a dead <laughs> just fucking Marvel game, versus but Capcom. I think yeah. assist mode is uh, a brilliant thing for yeah. just beginner players. Mm-hmm. That was in the, the second one, right? No, the third, yeah, one. third one. The one with the really nice, uh, the 3D oh. one with the nice Oh, sorry, I, I was thinking of the bad Marvel vs. Oh, no, we don't. That, no. That one doesn't have Hey, motherfucker, right. if you say Marvel vs. Capcom 2's bad, I'm going to jump this table and kick you in the throat. <laughs> no, I, I thought we were talking about the bad one. That's yeah. infinite. <laughs> yeah, the one that I was meaning to say. That the one, one that you said. Talk about. But I yeah, like about. Ethan really likes the, uh, my little brother who has like a disability, he really loves using modes like this because it just helps them out a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is definitely something more games should have. So maybe, like, we are all in agreement. We just in an agreement that there should be easy modes that make games easier in a good way mm-hmm. and not yeah. necessarily, oh, easy mode, they die in one shot. Hard mode, they die in two shots. Extra hard mode is, like, bullet sponge. Yeah. Because I agree that's not fun either. But, like, in easy mode, like I said, where maybe it makes it easier to parry. Mm-hmm. Or like you guys were saying, maybe it's easier to read the brutal attacks or something. Yeah. That would be... And that's that's mm-hmm. more of what I was trying to say with what I would want in an easy mode. It's just like a more tasteful way to mm-hmm. bring more players into the You game. want a more inclusive experience yes. for everybody. But we can all agree that if you're yelling about an easy mode and you're a regular-ass person and you would have any like disabilities or anything like that, 
You need to shut up. Go home, games journalist. Go the fuck home. <laughs> Why? Maybe you're because just bad it's a at lot games. of the time. Maybe they are bad at games. But if you're gonna go and yell and scream at everybody about how hard it is, okay, yeah, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't yell and scream. But also, if you're bad at games and you want to experience games, you should be able to play on the easy mode. Touche. Don't go yell at people. Though. Don't go yell at people. I agree with. And that. I think it's also super unfair for people to look just at FromSoft because this this debate only comes off when FromSoft and releases a game. Like it's really unfair, honestly. It is. I mean, like look at. Um, I'm trying to think of just like any game, like Wolfenstein Two. It's hard as fuck. Yeah. And, like, I don't necessarily know what their easy and hard modes do. I kind of have beef with where if you pick an easier mode, it paints you as a baby. Like, baby dipshit sure, mode. Sure, it's where fun the and playful, at? but, like, I feel like that's going to discourage people to play on an experience that they'll have a good time with. Mm-hmm. But if this, this debate can happen with any game. That's why I kind of enjoy the new option where it's, like, instead of, you're a baby dipshit, fucking put down your controller and press the A button to win, uh, it's more story mode where it's for for players that want to enjoy the story. Yeah, the cinematic experience. Yeah, yeah. and I, I agree with that. And they should definitely have a like disclaimer type thing that's like, okay, and this mode is the mode that we like intended you to play on. Like, I think Devil May Cry says that when you pick like Devil Hunter mode. Yeah. Also, go fuck yourself if you lock content behind difficulty modes. Go fuck yourself. That's <laughs> shitty as fuck. Yeah. But Contra 4 literally locks two or three levels behind difficulty modes and that is one of the hardest fucking games already Mm -hmm. and that is a quarter of the game locked behind hard mode. Do you have beef with games that maybe you get more trophies if you do harder modes? No. Because trophies don't do anything mechanically for the game. Trophies are some dumb nebulous concept Mm -hmm. for like gamer dick growth. Yeah. Fucking the game itself if the game is like in Wolfenstein, I know it's like harkening back to the older games where it's like hurt me plenty in the those difficulty modes. But calling me a baby dipshit for playing a difficult, like a less difficult option when your game s- kind of sucks is bullshit. And I think developers should really be looked at more for that because nobody gave a shit about Wolfenstein 2's difficulty, even though it is balls to the wall bad. Yeah, that I really regret playing through that whole game on like the hardest difficulty you can select from the beginning because it was like experienced shooters and I'm like, I've played a lot of Call of Duty and I picked that. That is awful. No, I've and experienced shooters. Wolfenstein 2 just isn't a very good game. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, not and good. And like, if it, if you play at the harder difficulty because like the game is pushing you towards it, you're just not going to have a fun time playing that game and that game's not going to have a good rep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I yeah. played on a lesser difficulty and like it was like fucking... It wasn't exactly like you're a little baby mode. Here's BJ Blazkowicz with a fucking diaper on mode. But it wasn't exactly like fucking hurt me plenty or whatever. And I had a better time with the game than Bailey did Mm -hmm. because that game's difficulty isn't well balanced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was expecting to walk out of this conversation in a bloodbath, but I think we had a good discussion. I think we found our nice little middle ground here. I think games should be for everybody. And if you don't like a game, you should be nice about it. And explain yourself. And I think that you shouldn't expect an easy mode to come to the next FromSoft game. I, you will <laughs> never see that, actually. I, and I mean, I, like, that's like fine. I stand, I think it would be cool if there was one, but mm-hmm. I'm also not going to bitch and complain that there isn't one because mm-hmm. there's also just so many other ways to experience the game. And if the developer, like, doesn't want to, I wish they would, but I'm not going to go on Twitter and start yelling. About yeah, and because it. Yeah. it takes dev time and it does take so much money to make like it actually be playable for everyone. Like you only really see options like 
let's say, colorblindness options in games like Uncharted because they have fucking fuck you Sony money. Yeah. Yeah. And like FromSoft, they're making huge games, but I'm pretty sure they're still like a relatively small. Oh, yeah. They are small fish, very big pond. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're playing in a huge pond because their games are amazing. Yeah. I think they're they're still a small company. They're the same kind of size I think Platinum is. Yeah. Which, you know, is pretty big. Because people know Platinum, but it's not like... It's not AAA. This isn't Activision. This yeah, isn't you're like... not Activision or EA or Naughty Dog, but you're still making AAA games, which is really fucking Yeah, cool. like your credits are like five minutes, not 20, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, And it isn't half a country's population, Jesus God. Yeah. So um, I think in summation, we should just make games more accessible, not necessarily more easy, just more yeah. accessible and yeah. just be better about how you make difficulty. Bethesda, uh, id software yeah those yeah. guys a lot of a lot of guys <laughs> or I, and I swear to god if fucking doom does the same thing if doom 2 is wolfenstein 2 i'm gonna shit my fucking pants and i'm gonna burn it to the ground well well you're already on a good track because doom 2 isn't even called doom 2 it's called doom eternal my name's <laughs> bailey i'm a fucking jerk off it's doom 2 hell on earth 2 doom Hold eternal on. i I mean, I know same company made Wolfenstein 2, and I'm not a big fan, but mm. I my hopes are so high for this game. Oh my yeah. God, you have no no part of me is, like, worried at all. Yeah. I'm fucking ready. I'm curious. Does your little brother, like, play shooting games a lot or Doom? Ethan? Yeah. Yeah. He does. Is he, he, is he, like, able to? Is it okay for him? He, like, you would be surprised. This kid plays every single game with one hand, so he holds the PlayStation controller, like, the backside of it to his gut kind of like around there if he's sitting like on his lap okay and he has like all fingers on deck like hitting various buttons and stuff and he plays almost like almost every game that I'll play but like the worst thing is seeing him not be able to play a game because it is too difficult because like mm. that just feels bad like you should be able to like play the game for the experience so like when he was having trouble with spider-man it's like all right dude Let's turn the difficulty down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And like that's an example of a game that like doesn't necessarily punish you for picking the easier games. Like the easiest mode I think is like friendly neighborhood or something, which is cool. Like that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And more games like making the enemies easier is cool. I also think it would be cool to do stuff like we've already said for Sekiro, which is like maybe more color stuff to help or yeah. get easier mechanics. But no, like he, he plays most games. That I can play, and he's, and good he's at a him. he's a god at like a lot of fighting games. Like mm-hmm. you fight him at Street Fighter Five, he'll cheese you a little bit, but he's gonna win. Yeah, you know what though? I gotta say, on the whole, fighting games understand like how to make things more accessible than a lot of other oh, like oh, genres yeah. of games. Like oh my kudos, god, yes. If fighting games are on the like keep the same trajectory that they're at, and they just continue to get more popular. Hopefully, other genres will pick up on kind of that accessibility and inclusivity stuff and just start including that kind of stuff in their their daily. Shouts out to Broly Legs, dude. Shouts out to Broly Legs. That guy's awesome. Yeah. He's this gamer, and I I think he has, like, a finger, and he plays the game with his mouth. Like, the joystick is in his mouth, and he plays the game, like, with his one finger and hand. And he's, like, he places at Evo. He's excellent. I'm going to have to check him out. That's awesome. He's, like, That's amazing. That's really cool. Hey, yeah. And fuck low to your god for making fun of him. You're a piece of shit. Get out of the community. <laughs> that guy Fuck sucks. you. Stop streaming. Get a job. 
<laughs> dude, are you like fifty? What? I have did, so much beef. Did with you this just fucking did dude? you just throw out to get a job? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fucking fucking don't stream anymore. You're a negative, shitty person in this community. Get a job. Stop streaming. Stop making fun of disabled gamers that are just better than you because you suck ass at fighting games, motherfucker. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Ban my ass. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> If you Are make you fun of Broly banned? Legs, Broly Legs is like the heart, one of the hearts of the community. Like Broly Legs, Daigo, fucking, um, what's his name? Oh my God, now I'm drawing a blank. Justin Wong. Mm-hmm. Like these people that are doing positive things for the community and making fighting gamers, like, like, like fighting games and fighting gamers, like more mainstream and cool. And then there's just low tier God being a salty little bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, low tier God. And yeah, now a lot of people like that guy. It's not a controversial opinion, I just want to say on the mm-hmm. podcast, because it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so thank you for listening to episode 24 of the I Can Dig It podcast. I hope you got something out of this discussion, because it went in a direction that I thought was a little bit different than I, th- I thought Me it was going to go. I mm-hmm. think we all just kind of landed on, don't be shitty online. <laughs> yeah, don't be <laughs> shitty online. Don't make fun uh, of people that maybe can't play your games when you're a developer. And mm-hmm. maybe don't pick on From Software for making hard games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure, well, they're hard, but they're good. Let's try yeah. to make games for everybody. The Xbox controller that, like, oh, that commercial makes me, like, tear up a little bit. Oh, the new, the accessibility controller that Xbox made. I really wish Sony would make one. I wish Nintendo would make one, too. Yes. Like, do we need mm-hmm. more accessible controllers for gamers with disabilities? Because, honestly, everyone should play video games. Games are magic. Games have defined so much of all of our childhoods here, and it's a shame that some people can't play certain games, or certain consoles, even. Yeah. Because... They can't, you know, hold a controller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with stuff like the Xbox, like that that controller, that's excellent. And I want to see more of that. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Like there's already stuff for PC because you can actually get in like third parties and middle markets with stuff like that mm-hmm. and craft your own controller to your specifications. With first party stuff, you can't do that on consoles except for Xbox. They, we need more controller options to help people that are like less able than us to hold a regular controller play games because games are fucking magic mm-hmm. thank you for listening to episode 24 of the i can dig a podcast after this we're going to be recording an episode on devil may cry 5 uh finally i picked it up you're gonna get to hear all of our like complete thoughts about it in a digging deeper episode thank you so much for listening um if you want to get in contact with us uh, i chris romero for christian uh, is where you'll find him on Twitter. For me, that's going to be at Duco Zombies. I might be changing my Twitter handle soon to be more professional, <laughs> but for right now, it is at Duco Zombies. And I can dig it pod for our Twitter. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us over email, that's going to be I can dig it 18 at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email us, um, we are on <laughs> Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Play Store. We are on Spotify. We are what is Apple podcast. iTunes Play Store? It's the <laughs> place it, man. where you have fun. It's, all, it's everywhere. We, our podcast is on every single podcast like app that you can listen to podcasts Except on. for SoundCloud because you have to pay for it. <laughs> Except for SoundCloud, yes. So yeah. we are everywhere you can find podcasts. If you want to support the show, um, like and review us. Uh, star us on fucking Over, Overcast. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, write a review and rate us on iTunes. That actually helps us in the analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have, we have, like, we're a small podcast, but we do have a five-star rating, which I take a little bit of pride in. <laughs> That's fun. Oh, yeah. That's delicious. Tell everybody. Tell your mom. Tell your friends. Uh, if you do like the podcast, we appreciate all of you. And hopefully you got something out of this episode. This is a little bit different than our regular format. So mm-hmm. thank you for listening. 
Uh, I've been Ike. I've been Bailey. I've been Christian. And I can dig it. <laughs>